It's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Oklahoma, I considered in the top 10. And you might be thinking to yourself, really? Oklahoma in the top 10? Yeah. Oklahoma in the top 10. I considered them. For the reason that they just lost a ton of close games. There was really only two games that they got blown out. And by the way, in both of those games, they basically lost their quarterback. Either either he was knocked out of the game, Dylan Gabriel against TCU, or didn't play in, in the Texas game. And then when he was on the field, what did they do? Played one possession games. Unfortunately, they lost them all. They were like the 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 direct opposite of what TCU was this year. TCU was a team that when they got into a close game, they ended up winning that close game. And here's Oklahoma 0-5 in one-score games. So here's an Oklahoma team that won six games, and then they were 0-5 in one-score games. That easily flips. And when you're talking about possibly being in the top 10, you know, so I'm talking about top 12 teams in the country or better at the end of the year, what do all those teams have in common? Generally speaking, they have 10 or more victories. And I think Oklahoma could be in that category. They're a team that could climb very easily. This is. Look at Joel Klatt just going ahead and throwing himself out there to the Wolves, huh? Well, does he really feel that way about OU, or did he go through an offseason being on the other side of OU Twitter, and he's like, yeah, I don't want to do that again? Because it's fierce. Well, OU fans will get after you. <laughs> Golly, will they get after you. Uh, well, he, I, I think his reasoning is sound, but – you got to have more than uh, we could have just won those toss-up games. We happen to lose them all this year. Next year, we may happen to win them all. And there you find yourself in the top ten. There's got to be more there than just that. And I think there is a lot more there than just that. Um, I think that the amount of experience that we're going to have coming back is finally – going to be an asset instead of a burden, you know, having a, a lack of, of guys that have played meaningful snaps. You know, defensively, we're going to get almost everyone back. Yep. A handful of guys, two, three guys um, aren't going to be coming back. But for college football and the transfer portal and the NFL, like, I, OU's in a good spot with what they're bringing back. And I sure. think that's your point, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, we're going to be returning the the most productive quarterback from the Big 12 last year, right? Max Duggan was ahead of him. He's gone. Uh, Dylan Gabriel was number two. So you've got that coming back, which I think is solid, even though some people are – are not going to be convinced otherwise. And let me just say, I understand. I understand. Um, I, I can get I can get the frustration. A lot of those games were close enough to where the thought is, if we were just a little bit better at quarterback, we would have found a way to win those. I can say that at every position. Right. You. I mean, but that's the quarterback is always going to get the. Sure. He's always going to get the blame there whenever you don't win. So I understand that position, but I, all things considered, we're going to be in a really good spot at quarterback 
next year. Uh, I feel good about it. Uh, I feel good that the the defense is going to be better. Uh, what exactly does that mean? I don't know, but I feel I feel feel safe saying it's going to be better than it was last season. Okay, more experience. I think we're going to have um, you know a potential to have quite a bit better playmaking capabilities, especially on the defensive line, on the edges. Um, you know, I think backers going to the backer play is going to be so much more solid. Stutzman is he's coming back as a veteran. That was, you know, as the season wore on last year, just got better and better. In his last two or three games, you got a glimpse of what he's going to become, and he'll be even better than he finished the season last year. He's going to be uh, super consistent there in the middle of the defense, and we're going to be able to add some really good playmaking ability around him, whether it's one of the younger guys, whether Deshaun McCullough is is a guy that they end up playing at inside, not sure where where he's going to ultimately fit, but and I also think the secondary man, I think the secondary is probably as all around, uh, you know, length and athleticism as good as we've been in a long time. Yep. Now, can we get all those guys on the same page in the right place and tackling whenever they're unblocked and have a chance at a guy? We'll see, but. I mean, I think it looks positive there. So I, I, I can't necessarily argue with what what Clatt is saying there. But after last year, I think we we all agree. Let's just wait and see before we make any yeah, uh, any yeah, grand predictions. Yeah, probably, I learned my lesson. Probably be a good bet this time around. Don't go to the state of Colorado and bet on OU's win total against a hated team and uh, count it as uh, Christmas money that you're going to be able to have in the month of December. Now yeah, that didn't work. Out I will well. say. The uh, the schedule for old USC is going to be a little bit different this season. Uh, it's going to be a lot different at Notre Dame this time around. Yeah. Um, they'll be. I think they got to play Oregon this year. I Oregon. think they have to play Washington this year. They'll still have to play Utah, Colorado. Ain't going to be you know Arizona's on yeah. the come up. UCLA still going to be tough. Yeah. Yeah. No, this may be, be a better year for your bet, Tyler. Yeah, let's see. Let's see. Maybe if DraftKings will let me run it back. Come on, guys, double or nothing. Let's see what we got here. Uh, our first text of the day that we got earlier, by the way, during your uh, explanation there. I need Dylan Gabriel to quit overthrowing receivers. <laughs> that, that, that was the first one we got today. Uh, I need the wide receivers. I, okay, that's fair. I I do need the wide receivers though to catch uh, wide open balls. That that would help mm-hmm. too. Make the layups. Just make the layups offensively, defensively. Catch the wide-open touchdown. Make the wide-open throw. Um, You know, execute and not break the rules on pick plays for touchdowns getting called back. Defensively, make the open tackle when you're unblocked. By the way, uh, that's a good open from, uh, from Joel Klatt. Someone texted me today, and I almost did it. I almost did. Wanting me to open the show with a video of you talking about uh, how you would respond if a coach told you to act like you were injured to uh, stop the, oh, the no. flow of the offense, and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not gonna bleep out all that. I won't do that to the guy, but I, I did think about it. Yeah. It's very, very entertaining. Yeah, that's what happens when you do a podcast directly after a a bowl game loss to FSU. You know, 
Yeah, I hear you. Well, you uh, you let your uh, opinion know. That's that's for but sure. But I'm not wrong in that, am I? Um, no, I would probably if a coach told me to fake injured, which they never would. Um, I would probably tell them to go, you know what, themselves as well. So I'm actually, <laughs> I actually agree with you on that. Here, here's something uh, interesting from ESPN today. Coaches make seven predictions for 2023. Okay. Yeah. Uh, first prediction, Florida State will push Clemson in the ACC. I don't think that that's very much of a hot take. Wow, but big a, time but there. But apparently some Power 5 coach said, quote, they're getting a blank load of recruits. You can uh, probably guess what the blank in front of the load is there. Fart. Uh, they're getting a fart load of recruits at a Power 5 coach. They've got dudes. They're getting better, in quotes. Yeah. Well, we'll see with Florida State. I, I think they are poised with what they've got returning. Uh, good production, good experience, good, uh, good quarterback, dual threat guy. Um, you know, they've got some defensive players coming off a good solid year defensively. They've got the ACC schedule, which is always pretty welcoming. Yeah, I think I think Florida State is is set for a nice run. But you know, as we've seen before, it doesn't take much to uh, to knock teams off their uh, their path. Bold prediction number two: the Big Twelve will be wide open and challenging for new members. Some are saying like, here's a quote: Kansas State's not going to be the same. No more Deuce. It's going to be a big deal. Deuce was the whole thing. And then some others speculating that TCU just lost too much. They they had the same opinion of TCU as the text line did yesterday about a seven and five year upcoming. Yeah, we'll see. I, I don't know. I mean, I think we got to let the let the the uh, transfer portal play out a little bit. Uh, I think there could be some post spring stuff as well. But yeah, I, I mean, come on, TCU is going to come back to the pack a little bit. You know, they caught they caught lightning in a bottle a bit there. They they won a bunch of games that were that honestly could have gone either way right there at the end. And fortunately they were able to come through those. Good team, had a great year. I don't think they're gonna be able to replicate it, but you know, it wouldn't shock me if they're still one of the top players in the in the conference next year. We'll have to see what what, what happens at quarterback for them, but yeah, the Kansas State one is interesting. A lot did go through uh, Deuce Vaughn. There's no doubt about that. But, man, that's a pretty strange take. Like, Kansas State does a lot of stuff on the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Like, and with their quarterback Deuce, in the run game. Oh, We saw yeah. that. I mean, we found that out the hard way with Adrian Martinez. I mean, jeez. Deuce is a really good player. He's excellent. But, man, they've had some really solid offensive line play. I think their system is is just really good. Now, you know, they're, they're kind of Oklahoma State-ish in a sense that they kind of – they hover around a little bit, and then one year it lines up and they make a great run with a, a really good group of players. And we'll see if, if next year is going to be that year, but – they just had a really nice run this year. Can they replicate that? Oh, we'll see. Well, if Will Howard can throw the ball down the field like he did at times last year, they'll probably yeah. be okay. Uh, last quote from uh, this take about the Big 12. This is regarding Texas. Here's uh, what a Big 12 defensive assistant coach said. Quote, 
they'll have the quarterback controversy. It will be a little bit crazy there, end quote. So, uh, yeah, at least one Big 12 defensive assistant saying, yeah, they're going to have a quarterback controversy with Arch coming in. And you know what? I can absolutely see that being the case for them in the middle of the season next year. Yeah, and they don't – there's not much of a – he better be really good. Because if he's not, there's they're going to be kind of tied to the kid, right? You talk well, which one? Quinn Ewers or Arch Manning? I mean, they're more tied Arch to Arch Manning, Manning and I, I'm guessing that's who you're talking about. But yeah, yeah, he's kind of the foundation for. Honestly, man, it might be a determining or the determining factor if Sark sticks around at Texas for the long term or not. Yeah, I wonder what you know as as calculated and like the Manning family is going to have a really good plan for him uh everything included on field off field like just he's got resources that no one else does I wonder what their strategy is going to be I, I wonder if he is coming in like I want to be the starter guns blazing I want to start as true freshman or if they are kind of maybe welcoming a little slower approach to give him some time and not not be forcing it to throw him out there maybe before yeah. he's ready. Didn't Peyton play uh, as a true freshman at Tennessee? I feel like the guy in front of him got hurt and he ended up like finishing the year. I think Eli didn't play his freshman year but they threw him in late in a bowl game that they were getting crushed in, and he like led a nice little comp- – they didn't win, but they like had some right. momentum at the end of the game, he ended up starting. So, um, I, I don't know. Honestly, though, whether he likes it or not, like we, we make fun of the quarterback situation that could be next year at OU. I think it's going to be even more magnified down there. I, uh, I, I, would, I would bet that Arch Manning takes some significant snaps next year. So he better, yeah. he better go into next year – expecting to play because I think that's going to happen yeah that may be the case maybe the case uh we'll see though I there's going to be a controversy and Quinn Ewers every time he throws an incomplete pass everyone is going to be clamoring for Arch Manning yep he's going to have until Manning goes out there and shows some flaws He's not going to have one person other than his mom and dad in his corner. Everyone's going to want Arch Manning. That's not a good place to be in as a quarterback. Uh, Here's one. They had an OU-specific one. OU's year-two breakthrough under Venables, not a guarantee. Interesting that they had like seven bold takes for the 2023 season, and this was one of them. Uh, I guess a Power 5 coordinator said this. Based on where they fell to this past year – they're probably thinking that they've got to make a quick fix. What do you think about that? I don't know what that means. Based on where they fell to this past year, they're probably thinking that they've got to make a quick fix. I don't necessarily know what that means either. Yeah, what is that? That's That doesn't say anything. A quick fix for what? Um, I mean, does that mean I, – I don't, I don't know – I I don't think there is a quick fix for uh you know what's going on with them uh necessarily. I think they got to get better on the line of scrimmage on both sides. I think they they got to get better 
defensively, just whenever it comes to the easy stuff, tackling in open space, knowing where to line up, knowing where you fit, and offensively, make the layup. I, I, I don't know what the what the quick fix is. Like they're not. I mean, they're going to the portal to address some some roster issues, but like, find me a team that's not. I guess I like, just don't know that, what to that make That doesn't, of that. like, insist that this – no, I don't think it does. I, I was going to ask, like, does this, like, insist that they think they're going to cut corners to try to get better in a hurry? I, I don't know what that means. I'm not even going to try to speculate on what it means. Yeah, I don't it, – it has so little meaning yeah. that I'm shocked that they even put it in yeah. the – is there no nothing else to, well, like, explain or no, go deeper? No, that's it. Um, the only thing they put in here was uh, a quote from a defensive coordinator who faced OU, uh, I guess, this past year. They aren't far from an SEC team on offense. To say that team, 6-6, six and six, I don't know why. If you've got a quarterback and guys that can catch the football, you're going to be able to score points. Hmm. Yeah, I really don't know what. So to those take were kind of either. some lame quotes for the headline of Oklahoma's year two breakthrough under Brent Venables. Not a guarantee. I was expect expecting like um, some big bold comments one way or the other from some other college football coaches, but both of those are kind of kind of vague. Uh, I mean, you can yeah. take them in different ways. Well, you're going to have a quarterback. We'll see if we've got some guys that can catch the ball. I say that that's probably. Uh, that is the most simplistic view of anything I've ever seen in my life. It requires a whole hell of a lot more than just a, a quarterback that can throw it and guys that can catch it. You got to be able to dominate the line of scrimmage. You got to be able to play good, tough defense. You got to win on special teams. We missed a, a bunch of field goals. We missed a ton of tackles. Um, we weren't smart. We weren't disciplined. I, there's a lot of things that that we've got to. We've got to fix, but here's the thing. I I don't think there's any I don't think there's anything you can look at that are problem areas that we cannot get ourselves out of. I, I don't think that's the case at all. I think most of our problems are fairly easy fixes. Now that doesn't mean they're guaranteed to happen, but I I don't think we need to like to tear everything down and try and build it back at all. Was that supposed to be a compliment, by the way? They aren't far from an SEC team on offense? That's supposed to be a nice thing to say or not? It wasn't a nice thing to say 10 years ago. I just don't know if it is now. I don't. I have no idea what I mean, what the it SEC means. has some really good offenses. It's just like there's not one particular style in that league, so that one threw me off too. And, and what, do you, what, uh, what does it mean by – I think everyone says, well, you know, you got to, you know, you, it, it's different in the SEC. Yeah, well, it's different for like three or four schools. Like for everyone else, they're doing the same thing. They're, they're trying to get better on the line of scrimmage. They're trying to get, you know, more physical. Like, so what exactly are we talking about? Are you saying, like, we're close to an SEC team, or are you saying we're close to Bama and Georgia? Because, really, that's the measuring stick for an SEC team, but that's really not the average SEC team, right? Uh, Bama and Georgia, no, is not the average SEC team. The (laughs) average SEC team is waving their pom-poms while they watch Alabama and Georgia play in meaningful bowl games while they're not. 
That's what the average yeah. SEC team does. I'd say the average SEC team is kind of like South Carolina, perhaps. I think LSU's a little bit ahead of it, and they'll probably be a lot ahead of it uh, by next year. But, you know, there's some teams that can play really well and, and also throw out some duds. All right, got to hit a quick timeout. Opening timeout, hanging at Norris Marine today. All kinds of great deals going on. 2680 North Interstate Drive right here on the west side of I-35. We're between Tecumseh and the Robinson exits on I-35. They've been in business for 52 years since 1971. Tracker bass boat starting at 188 a month. And the Tahoe 21-foot deck boat, 475 a month. Also, any Sun Tracker pontoon, uh, you buy any Sun Tracker pontoon, you get a $500 Bass Pro uh, gift card as well here at Norris Marine, norrismarine.com. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network, your home for Sooner fans. Don't miss the Norris Marine annual New Year sales event. From January 10th through the 15th, get Tracker Bass Boats starting at $188 per month, Sun Tracker Fishing Pontoons for $259 a month, Ranger Riata Pontoons starting at $339 per month, and the Tahoe 21-foot deck boats for $4.75 a month. Get on the water this summer. Don't miss the annual New Year sales event January 10th through the 15th at Norris Marine. Head to norrismarine.com for more information. All payments with 10% down WAC. Does your checking account come with respect, gratitude, wisdom? At Armstrong Bank, that's what you can expect. For more than a century, we've been serving up exceptional customer service and financial guidance to our customers across Oklahoma and Arkansas. Open a checking account today so we can serve you, too. Armstrong Bank. Strength runs in our family. Visit armstrong.bank today. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Victory Family Church. It's more than just a church. It's truly a family. And as it continues to grow, you can now celebrate with six opportunities every Sunday morning, starting as early as 8.30 a.m. and the final service at 3 p.m. Learn more about service times and everything going on with Pastor Adam and the church at victoryfamily.church. That's victoryfamily.church. Check out our campuses in Newcastle, Chickasha, and Shawnee. Victory Family Church, online at victoryfamily.church. Hi, I'm Trevor Turner with RK Black. RK Black is the leading provider of information technology solutions in small and medium-sized organizations. Is your business looking to get more from technology? If so, let RK Black help design a technology platform or cloud solution that propels your business forward. RK Black has helped numerous organizations have better mobility and more efficiencies through technology. Visit us online at rkblack.com or call 943-9800. I'm Gina Mitchell of Mitchell's Jewelry. Shop our half-off, half-the-store sale now through Sunday at 4 p.m. Choose from diamond pendants, diamond earrings, pearls, chains of all sizes, plus so much more. And, of course, select engagement rings and wedding bands are included. After all, we are where Oklahoma gets engaged. Buy now for Valentine's Day or treat yourself to something new. Shop now through Sunday in-store and online for these sweet deals. Mitchell's Jewelry, 2201 West Main in Norman. 
Landmark Fine Homes is a custom home builder in Oklahoma City. Our commitment is to build energy-efficient, custom-quality crafted homes around the metro OKC area. If you are looking to build your first home or last, Landmark Fine Homes is the builder for you. We have many floor plans to choose from, or bring us one that you already have. We have communities throughout the metro where we will build on your lot. Call 405-347-5991 and let Landmark Fine Homes help turn your dreams into a reality. Somewhere, there's a river rushing through the woods while someone rushes through their day. There's a mountain looking up at the sky while someone looks down at their phone. A trail waiting to be walked while someone waits for a latte. This world is full of somewheres waiting for someone just like you. So go see yours at 154 National Forests and 20 Grasslands. And to learn more, visit nationalforest.org. The National Forest Foundation. See your somewhere. Hey, I'm Reba McIntyre. Growing up in Oklahoma, I had big dreams of becoming a successful country music singer. But I also knew the odds were against me and that I needed an education to fall back on. Studying never got in the way of my dreams. In fact, school gave me lots of opportunities I wouldn't have had otherwise with my career. Please stay in school and try your best. You never know where a good education might take you. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. It's a Friday on The Rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, you guys are already killing it on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. 405-651-3439. We can go ahead and get to that now. Jim in Arlington says, The average SEC team has been nursing off that mama elephants, with an elephant emoji, by the way, for years while saying, Hey, look at me. I'm in the SEC with Bama. I'm good, too. I appreciate Jim uh, throwing Mm -hmm. in the elephant emoji in with that text. That's good stuff. Right. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, that's how it works. If you're not the best, you try to align yourself with the best and then champion them because of your proximity to them, right? That's kind of how it goes. I'm just glad it feels like uh, OU fans are all in the same corner here. They are not going to give in to that now. Maybe something happens in five years. No, no, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna say it. OU fans will never be like the rest of the conference. Yeah, I don't think well, they're ever in for rooting for a conference. I think the rooting for the conference thing is weird. I think it's a. It's like a coping mechanism for like whenever you you can't get over the hump. Like if we if we have like a run of eight and four, nine and threes, can't get to the SEC championship, then like the the next thing you fall back on is, well, it's because the conference is so tough. And then whenever that becomes your talking point, the conference is so tough, well then you have to constantly root for the conference to win because when they win it backs up your claim that the conference is so tough. Sure. So it's like a circular thing, and I think there's a lot of teams in the SEC that are stuck in that, and the teams at the top continue to have success, and that's their justification for kind of staying where they've been. And I'm not even saying that it's wrong. It's just kind of my view, my opinion of how it, all, it, it ends up playing out. 
from the 918. Did Dylan Gabriel ever have two seconds in the pocket? Would you like to go back and watch film this weekend to see if he ever had two seconds in the pocket? He did. I think he... He absolutely I, I, had more than two seconds in the pocket this yeah, year, yes. I think one of the things that happened is early on, the protection wasn't great. And, you know, you can you can blame a couple of different things for that. Um, maybe some newness in the scheme. Uh, you know, we didn't have our full starting five offensive linemen, uh, you know, to, to go through camp in, in some of the early part of the season. And I think his trust in the offensive line just wasn't there. And I think it sped up the timing in his head. That's why he sailed some stuff. That's why he got some of those quick panic throws that were highly inaccurate. And then I think he settled in and started to trust the offensive line a little bit. And I think his play kind of solidified and he, he became a little bit more consistent. You know, and then we, we had some problems with the offensive line towards the end of the year. But, you know... It's kind of a mix. I think the protection was bad at times, but I also think that Dylan Gabriel, you know, should take a handful of the blame on some of those plays for not getting rid of the football. I mean, you go back to the bowl game, and, you know, Levy was doing all kinds of things to help Dylan Gabriel because of the the offensive line situation. I think we took two, maybe three sacks on – um, naked boots where you're just trying to get him outside where he's in the clear. Yes, you all heard that right. That's a, a naked boot there is what Teddy just said. Yeah. And I hope that Lebby calls it like uh, – Lebby's got some country to him, you know. I, I envision him calling it in the headset. Hey, let's run that uh, naked boot out there with uh, DG this snap, huh? Yeah, that's how it goes. Can you hear the horrendous beeping that I'm hearing in my headset? Uh, no. Is it, like, on your end, my end, or something that's going on at Norris Marine? It's weird. It's it's only coming through one side of my headphone. <laughs> oh, I can't hear it, so I don't know exactly what it sounds like, but I know it's enough about It's like a Mayday this. beeping sound. Yeah, I know enough to know that this is driving you absolutely insane right now, which should not give Luckily, me joy, but it kind of does. It is... Only in the left headphone or the left speaker of the headphone. And my hearing is almost completely gone uh, in my left ear. So it's not as bad as if it were in my right. It, Teddy's going to get really angry here in about 10 minutes. All right. So if you all of a sudden see him switch into a bad, no, a bad mood before 4 p.m., well, it's the beeping in the head, headset. Yeah, and may, we just may throw it to uh, – if you come back and – the, the herd is on or something. <laughs> I've, I've blown a gasket, and we've flipped to national. Let me read a, a few more here before we move on. I don't cheer for the conference now. Not going to start uh, with a new one. Um, this says, my birthday's tomorrow. Heading to have some hibachi tonight. Hope you all have a good weekend. Happy birthday, Sugar Shane in Newcastle. Awesome. Enjoy that hibachi. Hibachi is a thing that at least I have maybe once a year. And it's always a pretty amazing experience. And I always ask myself, why don't we do this more often? And it's still once a year. But hibachi's yeah. great. It's great. It is. Always uh, always really good. 
So enjoy that. Zach Selman's the uh, new Mississippi State's uh, AD, by the way, which the, the uh, football hire was already made before he got there. And I think the offensive coordinator hire was even announced two days before he accepted the AD job. We talked about Zach Selman yesterday and the possibility of it. Um, maybe. I, I still think there's absolutely a way that he comes back and he's OU's AD in the future. But can't turn down an SEC AD job at this point. Happy for him. No. Uh, even if they kind of took the uh, – they kind of stole your thunder right out of the gate, right? You don't get to make the hire, uh, you know. So that's something that you kind of always look forward to is is trying to set the program or programs on – on your path, but I guess it also gives you a little bit of maybe it's smart on their end. They make the hire, and if it doesn't go well early, I the the blame doesn't fall on you. You know, it's like well, they made the hire before he signed on. So, no, I think he's going to do great. I think he's a superstar in waiting. Uh, he's he's just got tremendous upside and. Um, I think he's. I think he's going to do well. Now, we're gonna we're gonna blow him out next year whenever we play him in Starkville <laughs> or whenever it happens. Don't but, tease people, please. Yeah, I know. And that's news to the UCFAD. He's saying that the Big Twelve schedule is coming out on Tuesday. Which, by the way, speaking of uh, Zach Selma getting the uh, Mississippi State AD job, are you at all nervous if uh, you're the first year head coach out there at Mississippi State and you have a first year AD coming in? Like maybe Zach Selman's not like chomping at the bit to make his first big hire, a football hire out there. But as a first-year head coach, I'd be—I don't know—maybe I'd be a little bit nervous about that. Like, God, I hope he likes me. I hope I'm really good next year, so he's not just you know ready to make his first hire as the new AD. No, I say you come in guns blazing, and the first—I think the first thing you do is you sit down with the new coach and you lay down the law about how it's going to go around here, right? This is my rules. This is how we're going to operate on my watch. If you don't like it, get out. Hmm. No, I probably wouldn't go well. Um, yeah, probably wouldn't. You still hearing that ringing in your ear, by the way? Yeah, I've got an alarm sounding. So let's hit a break. I will uh, restart this bad boy and um, hopefully not have the beeping in my ear on the other side. Quick timeout. Uh, keep hitting us on the text line, 651 Air Comfort Solutions text line. I'm hanging out at Norris Marine today. Great deals going on. Any new Nitro Bass Boat, get a $1,000 Bass Pro Shop gift card. Any Sun Tracker pontoon, get a $500 Bass Pro gift card, plus other great giveaways. It's the New Year's sales event right here at Norris Marine, 2680 North Interstate Drive, NorrisMarine.com. Catastrophe avoided, thank God. The headset situation has been resolved for now, but uh, I fully expect it to be an issue coming up uh, some point later in the show today around 4.30. I hate to be that way, but uh, I feel like it's just okay for now. But I'm glad it's resolved. Yeah. At least well, for 30 minutes. Resolved for now. Uh, my, uh, my, my mental blow-up, meltdown, has been at least temporarily avoided. But you know how I get. Uh, Landmine layman. They don't call you that for nothing at any yeah. point. That's right. That's right. So They don't call it Starkville for nothing, says the text line. It is a crummy town. 
Uh, if beeping in left ear only, it means you're going crazy. Check yourself into a mental, mental institution now or it will take years to recover, but then only uh, heavy, heavily medicated. Jeez, that's dark. <sighs> Dire warning uh, going off in the left ear then. Hey, Dang. don't tempt Teddy to take half of a day off, okay? Because I, if I know him like I think I do, he'll, he'll use any excuse to take half of a day off. Yeah. Hey, uh, I'd re- I well no I won't go there I won't go that far. I listen we're good headsets working beautifully. Um, probably won't have another another alarm for a handful of minutes. So at this point we're good. Keep hitting the text line. Uh, big college football story of the day probably has to be Pete Golding announced on the same day that he's. Out at, well, didn't announce that he was fired at Alabama. It's just announced that he's taken the Ole Miss defensive coordinator's job. Now, most people would say, okay, he was asked to leave Alabama and find a new job, and Ole Miss is ultimately the place where he landed. Do you think that's what happened, or do you see it another way? I, it's hard to know. I think it. Uh, I would be shocked if. Pete Golding went into Saban's office and said, I want to go somewhere else. And Saban was like, no, please, please stay here. We need you at defensive coordinator here. I can't hire anyone as good as you. And Golding is like, no, I'm sorry. I really want to get out of here and go to Ole Miss of all places with Lane Kiffin. And, you know, I I don't think that 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 doesn't sound – reasonable I don't think anyone has ever left Alabama as a coordinator to go to Ole Miss willingly right? like on, willingly. on the road yes. right so uh, unless you know here's the thing I I know it's not easy working for Saban he's demanding he's 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 very hard on the on the staff like it's not easy to work there. The, the expectations are impossibly high. Uh, the, the challenge of, of recruiting and, and getting the very best players, and it, it's not easy. So, I mean, it's not out of, out of the realm of possibility that Pete Golding said, listen, I don't, I don't want to be the guy that's taking the blame on everything. I, I want somewhere to go, Coach, where I actually enjoy it. Well, he went the exact opposite uh, like philosophy there. Like, Can you imagine right. two different environments going from Nick Saban to Lane Kiffin? Mm. I mean, Lane Kiffin, he's all about the – not all about, but he likes to poke fun, post-game interview. He tweeted out a picture of a Texas A&M private jet earlier today. You know he, how he likes to stir the pot. It's, a, it's just a different environment over there. Well, the one thing he'll have at Ole Miss that he didn't have at Alabama is total authority over the defensive side of the ball. No doubt about that. Right, without without Saban and 15 former head coach defensive analysts uh, going over your every single move and every call and every drill. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So, I. All of that said, I don't think it was because he wanted to go to Ole Miss. I think it was because uh, Saban said, 
you need to start looking for another job. Yeah. Yeah, and he probably told him that several weeks back, and this is where he lands today. All right, uh, text line, can I get to any of these? You guys are uh, – <laughs> they're being a little bit edgy today. This one says, have we fired Ted Roof yet, though? Saban is telling his defensive coordinator to kick rocks for having a check notes number six defense. Meanwhile, BV out here handing out retirement checks to never-been coaches. Uh, I have not heard of any uh, defensive coaching staff changes. Um, that does not mean that they're not happening. doesn't mean that they are happening. I have no idea. Um, I do not look at anything I saw last year. And, hey, I get it. I see things differently than others, okay? And I don't. I'm not saying I'm right and they're wrong. I have no idea. But when I see unblocked players missing wide open tackles, I do not blame the defensive coordinator for that. If the player is in the position to make the play, the scheme has put him in a position to make a tackle, he's unblocked, Like that's how you design it. Right, that's it. You design it where you've got a guy that's got an opportunity to make a play. You have to make it. Like to me, that's not a that's not a defensive coordinator issue. Now, you got to find a way to get those guys to where they make those plays, right? But I don't think that's. This is not a new issue for Oklahoma, right? No, it's, it's not. not. It's 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 long going. It's it, it's it's at least a decade old. Probably a little bit yeah. longer than that. This is this has been a problem that is deeply ingrained in in the mindset of our defensive players in the locker room, right? The offense will bail us out. It's okay to miss a couple of tackles. It's okay to give up some touchdowns. It's okay to give up yards. Our offense is going to bail us out. It's been for whatever reason just just hammered home and. I don't think you just you show up and you weed that out in one off season. Now, I thought I thought tackling was going to be one of the things that we were going to excel at. Hey, I, I thought wasn't sure about a lot of other things was going to be a lot yeah. better, and we were both wrong on both of those. Well, here's the thing: is you know it, it there's it's been proven out. There's more to it than just, you know, showing up, uh, requiring more discipline, requiring uh, more toughness, tackling more in practice. There's more to it than that, right? The the switch doesn't just flip that easily, right? Guys have to be able to go out and do it on the big stage with everyone watching – and the entire defense not go into absolute panic mode whenever that first play is given up, which is what we've seen routinely over the years. Uh, stretches of really good play, and then it unravels, and we totally fall apart. No, it's a, it's a good point. I mean, we it sounds like the expectations from some is that one guy was supposed to fix a decade-long problem. 
and it didn't get fixed this year, and now he needs to be out the door. That's, yeah. I mean, that that is – and, yeah, I, I do believe in the – it's been ingrained for a while now, and it's not a good thing that, well, if we give up some big plays – if we give up 28, it's all good. Our offense is going to score 35 and win. We saw last right. year that that wasn't the case. Like, that only works when you're elite at quarterback. Um, that didn't work at West Virginia last year, did it? I mean, I, I mean well, there no, was some game. I mean, that's you, you just can't, man. And that's why I've continued to say that since it's happened, I never would have wanted it. Obviously didn't predict it, but since it's here, I'm kind of glad it happened. Because you get to reset that mentality, right? You don't get to go out there and give up, you know, 50 in a game and win it by a touchdown because the offense is otherworldly, right? That's the, I mean, to me, that's the only way you eliminate that mindset, right, is whenever it doesn't continue to happen week after week and you get bailed out for bad play. Now your bad play mattered, and you went 6-7 and seven because of it. So hopefully that helps fix the mindset. All right, quick timeout. More from the Rush coming up, hanging out at Norris Marine. They've got their New Year's sales event going this weekend. Extended hours. They're going to be open uh, until 8 p.m. on Friday and Saturday and open 11 to 5 on Sunday. Great deals on Tracker Bass Boats, uh, Tracker Pontoons, Ranger Pontoons, and the Tahoe 21-foot deck boat. Low is $4.75 a month here at Norris Marine. For Garrett Riley, it's being reported that Clemson's going to pay him $1.75 million a year over three seasons, plus a $300,000 signing bonus. Todd Munkin was the highest paid coordinator last year, two point, just $2.01 million. Garrett Riley ain't far off with $1.75 a year. Man, I got to tell you. I thought it was going to be way higher than that. You thought it was going to be two plus million? Yeah. Well, you're you're taking the the hottest name, and I guess I don't know. Is he the hottest name? He's he's one of them, and you're going to one of the top programs that like one point nine two million is the has been the number there. All right, quick timeout. We've got hour number two coming up next here from Norris Marine. 